Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Team effort on this one, Farron. Episode 145. <laughs> <laughs> Rhyme any time now. <laughs> I had one. <laughs> then you start talking. Uh, Want to go for a drive? Oh, I would love that. I'm all Thank about you. questions. You was, sure are. Yeah. What will she think of next? I don't know. I love you. A bushel and a peck. A bushel I don't know and that a one. peck and a hug around the neck. Hug around the neck and a barrel and a peep. A barrel and a peep. And I'm talking to myself about yeah. you. About you. <laughs> That's <laughs> a remix. <laughs> Someone out there knows that. Uh, Surely my family members did not make that up. And so, well, I've seen like signs that... And shirts that say that. Maybe I it's just, a Midwest thing. That's what I was thinking. All right, Midwesterners. Yeah. What do you call yourselves? The Huskers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Love Language mini-series. Remember, it's not just about your spouse, but it's anyone you have a relationship with. So take your spin on it. Get a copy of any of the variations of this book. We'll link all of them for you. We're so thoughtful. <laughs> Speaking of, the last episode was Gifts. But the first one was words of affirmation, <laughs> and the second one was quality time. And if you're new around here, we are really good at segues. Not the ones you ride, but the conversational ones. And speaking of conversations, this has nothing to do with what's next, but <laughs> the fourth love language we're talking about is acts of service. Fun fact, Farron. Oh, look at that alliteration. I didn't even mean to. Fun fact, Farron. Fun fact, Farron. I scored one point out of 30. Oh, man. <laughs> this one. Well, I scored seven on all of them. Good job. Nine. Except eight on quality of service. Whatever that math is. Nine. You're right. Oh, fun times. So I'm not very good at this one. Well, again, that's a limiting belief. I have grown to become better at this one. <laughs> good uh, job. Good through, job. Again, Philippians 4.13, because ain't no way that... Mm, is taken a lot of love. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Jesus, <laughs> it, he, there are also biblical references throughout this book, which you know we love around here. And so Jesus demonstrates being a servant leader by washing the feet of um, people that in the crowd. And so he called his disciples to do the same thing. And he said that in his kingdom, a.k.a. heaven, those who would be great would be servants. So, I didn't realize the Bible had AKA in it. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's the what modern. Translation? <laughs> it's the Farron's translation. Uh, coming to Lifeway, never. It says somewhere in that there Bible. Uh, acts of service. Okay, so like Farron was saying, this is stuff you do for someone else. Taking out the trash, vacuuming, washing dishes, custodial duties. 
But it could be things like going and getting the kids for you so we can record this podcast episode. What Shout a great out. example. What a great example. Thank you, Jacob. What a good man. What a good man. Yes. So What a man. What a man. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> so early on in our marriage, I would say that Jacob took acts of service as that was him loving me, but my language was quality time, which that those don't always exist together, right? Naturally, yeah. if he's doing acts of service, a lot of times it's like the outside stuff or repairs in the attic, right. and I'm not going to go hang out there. <laughs> Especially if it's summertime. Yeah, or he is... Oh, worse. it's a sauna. You know what? Every Texan has a sauna. It's their attic, yeah. and you go up there at 1 p.m. The fiberglass is free. <laughs> um, but he would even you know, work more hours to provide for us um, and so he was loving me and us super well, which is absolutely true. Providing for his family is super important. But since my number one love language is quality of time, there's a little bit of miscue there. Mm-hmm. You know, and me dealing with, like, how am I going to be over here resentful and feeling not fulfilled when he's been busting his tail all day? Mm-hmm. And how does he receive that when he's like, don't you think I'd rather not be playing in what he calls poop water, which Mm -hmm. is any plumbing issue. Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't he rather be home with us? And so we've navigated that over the years. But um, what was important there is not mind reading and clearly communicating needs in a kind way. Mm. So I have sort of a similar story. So remember, I scored one out of 30 on this. Morgan hasn't taken this since like 10 years, so I'm going to have him retake it again. But last time it was like 30 points to acts of service, basically. (laughs) Mother of God, what are we going to (laughs) do? So it used to be, you know, I'm a one, so resentful, working on it through the work of Jesus. Thank you. But I remember there was times where I'd be vacuuming, and I'm like, I love my husband. I love my husband. I'm vacuuming for him. I'm like, that's not with a grateful heart. But sometimes you have to act on the right thing and hope the feelings come later because feelings can be liars. So over the course of, it only took me a decade. I got my 10,000 hours in of vacuuming and doing custodial duties. He helps a ton, by the way, in case that's not made clear on the podcast. He's phenomenal. But it's taken a long time for my heart to kind of change. And through reading Love Languages, and learning his Enneagram type, he's the environmental Enneagram 8. So he likes his environment to be a constant or like a safe place. It makes him feel comfortable. So after learning all of that, I can appreciate it more. And now it's out of an act of love. And we even, I mentioned this in the car to him a couple weeks ago about how like, you do realize I hate this, but I do it. The only reason I do it is because I love you. And I also like the results and the byproducts of that. So, yeah, fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this before with the golden rule that, you know, like, just because it's your love language doesn't mean that it's the other person's. And just to make you feel more normal, he does note in this part of the book that he has very seldom met a couple that have the same love yeah. language. So I think that's important to bring up um, kind of, again, a nice segue here, but... Just to point out that if you and your husband don't have the same love language, it doesn't mean you're destined for doom and failure. Right. Um, that's not said anywhere. 
Instead, it's just the importance of one, identifying your love language, and two, being able to meet each other's love languages. For sure. So, um, going all back to acts of service, I wrote down in the margins here, be specific in your requests. Yes. He's going to bring up dialects again. So, you can be speaking the same language, but it can sound and look different, um, just like language. English is spoken all over the world, but we still have accents and different word usage, slang. Yes. I mean, goodness gracious. So I remember like on birthday party days, we're all trying to get ready. And so Jacob is like, access service, I got this. But they weren't things that were really moving the needle towards mm-hmm. us being ready for the party. Yes. They were great things. Cleaning out the gutters. That, that's great. But I actually need you to help me inside the house where the guests will be. Or can you help me cook the food that the guests will eat? And again, just having to really navigate, not expecting him to read my mind or no. And so, but him also, like this is probably key for a lot of people. He does not want a honey-do list. Yes. If I, if I wrote it on a piece of paper and said, this is what needs to get done today, no matter how nice I said it, that would enrage him. Mm-hmm. But me just verbally saying, here's a task, he gets it done. Here's the next task. He gets it done. Um, I think he's just seen through experiences, right, that like, hey, things seem to run a lot smoother. Farron's not as stressed. That's ultimately what I want to do is help and make it an enjoyable day. Yeah. So um, we've that's been a lot of trial and error. For sure. I wrote down a similar example in the margins. If we have people coming over and we're getting the house ready um, – and the, the way our house is set up, people aren't going upstairs typically because that's where the, the kid bedrooms and, and stuff are. But he'll start by cleaning out Rhett's closet upstairs. Why are we cleaning out a closet when people are coming over in four hours for dinner? They're not going to go look in Rhett's closet. What are we doing? But in his head, he's like, that has to get done first. So it's been super helpful for me to realize, okay, Morgan, what is, like, I, I do like the honey-do list. For me, not for him, but for me, because that helps me know what his priorities are. So if he's like, okay, can you do this, this, and this? I will do those things in that order, and that will be the very next thing I do. And that makes everything go smoother. Yeah. The underlying thing in the whole book, but especially here, is communication. So communicating um, your needs. I like, too, that uh, he talks about... What we do for each other before marriage is no indication of what we will do after marriage. So these kind of ideas that are popping up in this chapter to me apply across all love languages in the whole book and your entire relationship. But they come up here, so let's talk about them here. So again, like we've talked about, our husbands haven't taken this uh, test, neither had we in the last 10 years. But it's worth revisiting because life looks a lot different. Um, You're going to face different challenges in life, different age ages you pass through there's different Mm -hmm. challenges you face so um if you're feeling in a rut or like oh there's something wrong I guess our marriage is doomed like no that's not the right aspect it's normal to need different things at different phases in life right I like how so again one of the counseling sessions he's talking about in his book an anecdote he has the couple sit down and he says, wife, what makes you feel loved? What does he do that makes you feel loved? And she goes and starts listing things and he's like, whoa, okay, sounds like your acts of service. So maybe we need to focus on that. So that's just one way to ask. You could just ask your spouse or friend or whoever we're talking about, what makes you feel loved? We did this 
in our car on the way home from church, I said, Sloan, what makes, how do you know dad loves you? What's one thing that makes you know he loves you? And she would say something. And I was listening for what their love languages were. So sure enough, Sloan was like, when dad plays Uno with me. I was like, okay, quality time. Scout said, when he gives me eyeball kisses, like she'll close her eye and he'll kiss her on the eye. I'm like, okay, physical touch. Rhett, me, who knows what he's going to say. Like dinosaurs, cowboys, I don't know. And so we played that game. It's a, an easy game you could play in the car, but it's all you have to do is just say, what's one thing I do? Or how do you know your sister loves you? What is one thing? And that's a good indicator. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're getting some feedback on what they enjoy, which leads into some not-so-nice feedback that sometimes we're going to receive c- criticism. Right. And um, you can do two things with that. I had this talk with my U10 soccer girls, they're fourth graders. Um, I told them as their coach, my job is to be honest. So if we're not playing well, I'm not going to say, okay, guys, we're doing good. Let's work on this. And I say it in a very uh, kind and caring way, but I told him my job is to be honest. And then after I've provided criticism, I don't have to do this as much anymore because I set the expectation early on that when I tell them what they need to do differently, they have two choices. Right. They can either say, okay, and work on it, or they can shut down and give up. I mean, that's usually the one of the two ways it goes. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, if you want to, make progress then you're gonna listen to the the um, criticism or the feedback and and learn from it and I said that's gonna be your whole life yep sometimes people are gonna give you feedback and you're gonna say no I disagree with you sometimes you're gonna listen and that's I mean that's a whole thing and who are you who's the critic um, like in daring greatly she talks about the man in their arena so is it the crowd in the stands that can't even play the sport, or is it the person on the field that truly wants what's best yeah, for you and the your team? teammate out there, yeah, for yeah, sure. sees your potential. So yeah. I thought that was a good point. Yeah, I also like how in the middle of these counseling sessions, he's like, okay, Mary, you have your list from Dave. You do understand that these are the top things he would love for you to do just consistently. You know if you do them, he's going to feel loved. Yes, I understand that. Okay, you know, if you don't do them, that's going to show him that you're not, he's not as high on the priority list. And she's like, okay, I understand that. And then he's like, Dave, do you understand that when she does these things on this list, she is showing you that she loves you? So it was very clear, and it was said out loud. So it's one of those things like, Morgan, he hates putting the trash bag back in the trash can. I don't know why. But it does not bother me at all. So it will not bother me ever. If there's a trash bag sitting on top of the trash can, because I know he hates that job so much, and it takes, what, five seconds and doesn't bother me. So why would I not do that for him? Yep. Great example. Um, Okay, so this came up earlier, too, with words of affirmation about not manipulating or guilting people into doing something for you. So just make sure that your delivery in being specific about what you'd like isn't trying to be manipulative or controlling or guilting them into doing it. So Mm -hmm. just a reminder there. He brings up a couple of points. He talks about first, it illustrates clearly what we do for each other before marriage is no indication of what we're going to do during marriage. You mentioned that. 
And then he talks about the second truth is love is a choice and can't be coerced. Like, I can't make you love me, but I can show you love and hope that's reciprocated. And you mentioned criticism as well in there. And then the third truth is, which only the mature lover will be able to do, um, is to be able to take those criticisms and realize, oh, okay, if they're getting frustrated that the counters aren't clean, maybe that's their way of saying, can you please clean the counters? That's not necessarily the delivery as best as it needs to be. But if I can start picking up on that, especially if they're not into this book and they don't care to do the study or whatever, you can start picking up on those clues and playing into that. Yeah, I don't know that this fits here, but my kit, my personal girls were like, you are always mad when it's time to clean. <laughs> and I had, I had to take that criticism and think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I ask you nicely and you fight and argue and whine with me. And then I ask you more sternly, and you still fight and argue and whine about it. But man, when I get ugly about it, y'all sure go in there and get cleaning right away. I said, I don't want to be like that, so can we have an agreement? I'm going, I'll ask nicely, but I need you to respond when I ask nicely. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how you have a conversation with an adult like that. But, um, you know, maybe some people just don't feel heard. Maybe they tried in a nice, kind, indirect way to ask you, and it was ignored or fell on, you know, deaf ears. Um, But we need to return to that kindness. Yeah, and even just like what you were saying, be very specific. So you could even say, all right, girls, it's time to clean up. This is me asking nicely. Yes. And then that's their cue. So you could even say, hey, husband whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. And you don't have to say, this is me asking nicely. You could just say, it would really help me out. It would help me be less stressed. It would help getting get everything moving faster. Could you please do this? Yeah. I think sometimes I start off nice but vague, and yeah. then I get mean and specific. Why not start off nice, nice and, and specific? specific. <laughs> like we need a quadrant. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, look at me, math term. Didn't even know I had that in my brain. So he wraps the chapter up talking about stereotypes and I feel like this is something a lot of people in our age range you know 25 to 45 or maybe more sorry haven't done my research but are really struggling with now that you know the husband and wife typically work in the house Mm -hmm. and even there's dads that stay home with the kids now um, the stereotypes of roles of husbands and wives has changed a lot, and that can definitely cause some friction. Yeah, and that that's where you can play into your skill sets as well. Are you really good at ironing? Morgan loves to iron. I don't. I, I do the, like, the spray and snap it and lay it flat. <laughs> but he's like, please don't ever iron my shirts. Cool, man. All right. <laughs> Noted. He, in college, he had a job where he scrubbed pots and pans. And so when we first got married, he's like, if there's any way you could just scrub the pots and pans. I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. So if you can play into that and look at what each other is good at, I don't want to mow. He can mow. <laughs> yeah. Jacob would just laugh and then be frustrated because then... Please don't hit anything. I'd break something. Yeah. <laughs> Not the sprinklers. And now he's got to fix something and still mow. <laughs> I underline this line, though. It says, there are no rewards for maintaining stereotypes, but there are tremendous benefits... And meeting the emotional needs of your spouse. That's good. So you get no reward. There's no trophy or plaque for maintaining stereotypes. But man, the rewards you get in fulfilling your wife or your husband's needs 
man, that's better to me than any trophy or yeah, plaque or for sure. Yeah. Unless you're a uh, gift. <laughs> you definitely want a trophy plaque no. and that. <laughs> no. Oh, just kidding. Get Jacob the trophy. Best dad. Number one dad. Number one dad. Number one dad. Yeah. So they wrap up, or Gary wraps up each chapter with some very practical, actionable tips, which is great. I liked the one where it says, ask your spouse to make a list of 10 things he or she would like for you to do during the next month. Then ask your spouse to prioritize those. This is exactly what I do in just very small form. Say, Morgan, what's one thing I can do for you today? Because sometimes you can't see past <laughs> can't see past Monday. Sorry, guys. But if you can say, what's one thing that I can do? And then over time, sure. Okay, hey, what are a couple things you need me to get done this week? And build from there. Yeah. I circled this. Me and the girls actually do it. Um, I guess it's an act of service. But I feel like this is everybody. If me or Jacob are stressed, having a clean environment helps yes. reduce that stress. You know what? That is proven. That's for everybody across the board. So if I know that Jacob's had a rough day, we always call each other on the way home from work. Um, I'll say, hey, girls, daddy's had a really rough day. Let's clean the house and surprise them. Absolutely. And they are so excited to clean on those yeah. days. And he's really good about walking in. And he's like, wow, and makes it a big deal. Yeah. Because it really is a is a big deal. So it is an act of service, but that's something that I think like everyone would. And it goes back to what we talked about a few episodes ago about, you know, teaching my kids how to love your husband well. Yes. Um, and just serve each other. And they really don't want to clean, but now again, they're excited because they've seen the reciprocation. He does come home in a better mood. Yes. He, you know, covers them with words of affirmation, being grateful and all the things. Yeah. So just demonstrating that at an early age. We do that too. Morgan travels a lot for his job. So there's even been a time where I had my brother, my sister-in-law, my parents come over and help decorate the house. I That is not my skill set. Stephanie is extremely gifted at decorating homes. That is her jam. That's what she does. Stephanie Adams Homes, if you want to follow her. But she came in, brought some stuff. We all got it done while he was hunting. So it was like double bonus for him. He came home from a great weekend. He was with clients. So, you know, work trip. But then he comes home. The house is decorated and clean. He was so pumped. And all that did was just getting a little creative and asking people for some time and paying them in pizza. Yep. And it all just goes back to knowing your spouse. So, you know, if you're looking at where to invest your time after you figure out the love language then get specific about your spouse. What does it look like to them? Yes. And you might have to directly have those conversations and not be mind readers or hopefully figure it out. Yeah, I love it. Okay, y'all, that ends the Acts of Service episode. Next week, come back for the last love language we will discuss. Last but not the least. <laughs> <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Bringing it back. Yeah, baby. Bye. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. 
go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.